0: Can you hear me now? Yes. I gotta take responsibility for another mistake too. Whoever the person is who texts the announcements left the announcement out. And whenever I find them, I'm just kidding, it's me. Um, in case you're out of the loop or you've been living under a rock, our own Ethan and Emmy are getting married this week. We're super excited about that. You guys can give them a hand. And you are invited to a reception here at the building next Saturday. So it's a come and go reception, 2.30 to 4.30. Some refreshments will be served uh, if you want to come by and, uh, and congratulate the new couple. They're also doing a cool thing where they have like recipe cards to share a recipe. So you might want to kind of bring a recipe in mind for that, but there'll be some extra cards here if you haven't already gotten one of those cards. 2.30, 4.30 next Saturday here at the Quant building. Did I leave anything out? Okay, yeah, like always. Um, In case you guys online couldn't hear that, she said, I'm perfect. Uh, So, if you're just now joining us, today is the fourth and last sermon in a sermon series on this letter that the Apostle Peter wrote to these churches, these early first century churches. Um, And these churches all had one thing in common. They were all being persecuted at the time. And Peter is sharing this message with them that the gospel is so much more than just our sins being forgiven. But that we're called, we're transformed, um, and that we're encouraged to live this different life uh, like Jesus. Um, the very first week we looked at um, this difference being um, a different faith In the midst of trials. And the takeaway from that was that his life in us is what sustains us through our trials, this new life in us. And not just that, but the pain that we feel in life, somehow this new different life gives purpose to all that pain, which is pretty awesome. Because trials are going to happen. And uh, and, and Jesus paved the way for, for that different life. Um, week two, we looked at um, the fact that we have different values in an, un, in an unholy culture. And that Christ's calling on us is a calling not to fit in, but to stand out. To, to be different than society around us. Leave that old life behind. That old life uh, was just destruction and discouragement and fear and anxiety. Let's be different than our society. Last week, um, we looked at the fact that we have a different calling in this dark world and that when we know who we are, then we'll know what to do. He didn't just call us. He didn't just chose us, choose us, but that we're a royal priesthood. A, a holy nation, and that we are to sh- share the love of Christ with the, with the world. And that no matter what is going on or what happens in the world, we're called to do good. And so that was last week. This week, hopefully we can wrap it all up with a nice bow, but I'm just going to warn you right now, this is going to be uh, the most encouraging message that you never wanted to hear. It's a tough one, but this is a tough letter. So we're doing the reading a little bit different uh, for this series because this letter is written to us. I want you guys to stand and receive this letter. I'm reading it to you. You can read along with me as we finish up. We're going to be picking up 1 Peter chapter 4. Boom. Dear friends at City Point Church, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. If you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed, for the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. If you suffer, however, it must be not for murder or stealing, making trouble or prying into other people's affairs. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name. For the time has come for judgment and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, Keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders and all of you, dress yourself in humility as you relate to one another, for God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and at the right time, he will lift you up in honor give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your, that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. All power to him forever. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to to look into your word, this this letter that you inspired Peter to write some 2,000 years ago, that we can apply it to our lives today and see the truth of, of your kingdom being poured out into your people, your chosen holy nation. And we just thank you that that you've allowed us to be part of that and we desire to be part of it no matter what that looks like no matter what persecution we may endure we we just thank you for the opportunity to be part of the work that you have begun in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. all right you guys can be seated so it may come to a as a surprise to some of you um, that Jesus did not promise that your life would be easier once you're a believer. Oftentimes, I feel like we mis- misrepresent the, the gospel. That he didn't promise that you would always get what you want. He didn't promise that you would have financial success in everything that you do. He didn't promise that when you became a believer, marriage would be easy or that your kids would always be obedient. That was never promised by Jesus. He did make some promises though. We read in John uh, chapter 15, Jesus said, if the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. Get this promise. He says, since they persecuted me, they will persecute you. That's a promise from Jesus. I'm telling you guys, this is gonna be the, the most encouraging message that you never wanted to hear. If you live on the world's terms, the world will love you. But if you live different, it will hate you. And why should we be expected to be treated any differently than the person that we desire most to be like? We're going to do what is right and trust God with the results. I thought it was interesting, depending on where you live today, the level of Christian persecution can look pretty different. But for those of us who join online, you might live in a place in the world where persecution is very, very intense. We've had people comment that they're attending City Point from Turkey. Turkey is a tough place to live as a Christian right now. There's an organization uh, called Open Doors and they report on the state of Christian persecution in the world each year. And they just recently, just last month, released their report for 2023. So I have some numbers for you guys. For 2022, in an average month, over 400 Christians were killed for their faith. In a month, over 400 Christians. Almost 200 churches were burned or destroyed. Over 300 Christians were abducted. Almost 400 Christians were arrested or detained. Here's one that I had no idea about. Over 100 Christians were forced into marriage with a non-Christian because of their faith. That would be wild. Over 2,000 Christians a month were abused in all different forms in the year 2022. And in 2022 alone, 218,709 Christians had to go into hiding, either in the country that they resided in or fleeing their country to to one that had a little bit more religious tolerance. There is a lot of persecution going on in the world today. And so while the the severity of the persecution may differ on where you live, it's it's gonna happen. We're promised by Jesus that we will be persecuted, we will be hated. So you might not wanna hear it, but I promise this message gets encouraging. If you are living that different life, if you're set apart, if you're royal priests as ambassadors in this foreign world, Peter says, don't be surprised when you face opposition. I think it's funny, um, we're right in the middle of the NBA playoffs, the finals, and um, this also happens to be the year where I put two of my kids into basketball at the Boys and Girls Club. Those are very different games. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to watch kids play basketball at the Boys and Girls Club, but I have some younger ones, and uh, they're just learning how to dribble, They're just learning how to make shots, how to play as a team. But it always got me. There was always a couple of kids on each team who just loved sitting on the sidelines. They would hang out with their friends. They would chit chat. They would bottle flip, oblivious to what was going on in the court. The other team was not threatened by those players It's also surprising to me that these NBA basketball teams are more than just the seven or eight faces that you see each game, that they have players on the team who make millions of dollars, who get 15, 20 minutes to play the whole season. They're just sitting on the sidelines. Now, no doubt, they could beat me any day of the week. I mean, you can tell. But the other team, they're not threatened by those players Now, on the other hand, if you guys are following along, Steph Curry, the Golden State Warriors, set some pretty remarkable records. In their seven-game series against the Kings, uh, Steph Curry set the record for the most points ever scored in game seven of a seven-game series. He scored 50 points. That was almost half of the points that the whole team scored he scored by himself. In that same series, he set the record for the most three-point shots made in the seven-game series, 35. He also set the record for the most three-point attempts in a seven-game series, 90 attempts. This guy is everywhere. He's aggressive. He's going after the ball. He's taking those shots. That's a player who's threatening. The other team Is gonna recognize that. Steph Curry is not surprised when he has double coverage. Steph Curry is not surprised when the other team throws elbows. He's a threat. We're gonna, we're gonna, I lost my place. So the other team takes notice. Maybe warming a seat on Sunday mornings or watching online is exactly the place that the enemy wants you. Because if you're just riding the bench, you feel surrounded by your team. If you're just riding the bench, you feel like you're contributing to the game. But you're not. And you're and you're easy to pick off. And we have to be we have to be sure Peter mentioned that this war is against a great enemy, the devil. And what is his desire? His desire is to devour you. So don't be surprised if you face persecution. This would be like uh, somebody who just recently joined the military under their first deployment, they're sent overseas. And they tell their commanding officer, they shoot back. (laughs) Yeah, it's war. So we're going to do what's right, and we're going to trust God with the results. He mentions in his letter, he says, don't be surprised when you face fiery trials. Now, we read this as metaphorical, but the people who were reading at the time, this was literal. One of the things that Emperor Nero would do was take Christians and dip them in wax and then tie them to a tree and burn them as a candle to light his parties, So when he says, don't be surprised when you face fiery trials, he's writing to people whose brother was burned to death. Don't be surprised when you face fiery trials. So it is important to keep in mind that we're all promised persecution and it might look different depending on where you are in the world. If Peter was writing this to the modern church in the Middle East, he might say, don't be surprised don't be surprised if you're forced to marry a Muslim because of your faith. He might say, don't be surprised if you're disowned by your family because of your faith. If he was writing to someone in Asia, he might say, don't be surprised if you're arrested or you're faced with forced conversion camp because of your faith. Because that's happening in India right now. To the church in America, he say, he might say, don't be surprised if you don't get that job. Don't be surprised if you lose those friends. Don't be surprised if lies are told about you and your name is dragged through the mud. Don't be surprised if you don't get that second date because you're a believer and you have a different standard for purity. It's all persecution when you face hatred because of Jesus Don't be surprised. If you're on the front lines and you're making a difference, if you're living that different life, if you're trusting your finances to God and you're giving extravagantly, when you're mentioning uh, Jesus to the people around you, you are on the front lines of a battle and you are shaking the darkness in this world. Don't be surprised if that gets recognized. So I think it's important to also see that some of us might say, well, I've never experienced anything like that. And we do have a blessing, a huge blessing to live in a country whose founding fathers established some kind of religious freedom, that we have laws against just going into somebody's house and murdering them. But you might say, I've never really experienced anything like that. And I think we need to recognize that our culture is persuasive and it's convincing us that we need to pursue comfort. We prioritize comfort at all costs, avoiding that opposition, that awkward situation. Well, it doesn't, doesn't feel good to talk about religion. So we avoid it. We seek out comfort. In fact, I think many of us in the church have misused what Paul wrote in his letter to the Corinthians. The first one that he wrote, he said, I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. That's a great verse. So we've changed the gospel to be easier to hear. We've changed our lives to be less confrontational. I like the New Living Translations version of this verse a little bit better. It says, I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. For instance, we don't seek comfort. We don't give in to peer pressure. We don't smoke or drink at a party just because we want to avoid that opposition of saying, nah, I'm taking a break from that, or no, I don't do that, I live different. We avoid the discomfort and we stay quiet when we hear that joke, that racist or sexist joke at work, and we think, man, that was was wrong to say, but I don't want to rock the boat. This pursuit of comfort has become so ingrained in us that we forget the importance of standing up for what's right, for speaking out truth in love. So we're called to do what's right and trust God with the results. Here's a sobering thought. Maybe my life is comfortable and I don't um, experience persecution because I'm not a threat to the devil. Just think about that for a second. Maybe, maybe being a Christian in America is easy because of the forces of evil don't consider this church a threat. So to clarify, I think it's good to kind of put a little bit of application. I'm gonna talk about these two, two different cycles that you can live your life. I wanna thank Pastor Craig and Life Church for putting this media together. But um, the first cycle looks something like this. Culture convinces us that the pursuit of comfort is the most important thing in life. And so because we pursue comfort, we avoid opposition. We want life to be easy, we want it to be comfortable. Don't go against the grain. Avoid opposition. What does avoiding opposition do? It's just gonna weaken your faith. Or what do you stand for? Nothing, because you're avoiding taking a stand for what you believe. And when your faith is weakened, then life becomes empty. What are you here for? What do you believe? And when life becomes empty, we're more motivated to pursue comfort. And it starts this vicious cycle where we just want life to be easier. And as life gets easier, it loses its meaning. There is a different cycle though, because we're called to be different. And so this different cycle starts with living boldly, saying what needs to be said, giving what needs to be given, going where you need to go, listening to God's voice in your life because you are royal priests. When we live boldly, We're promised persecution is gonna happen. You're gonna face opposition. But when you're living boldly and you face that opposition, it strengthens your faith. Because Jesus told me if I live like him, I'm gonna face opposition. So if I'm facing opposition, maybe it's because I'm living like him. And as our faith gets strengthened, we become closer to Christ because we're becoming more like him. And as we become closer to Christ, that gives us the courage to live more boldly in this unholy culture. So I want you to think back over this last week oh, and think what cycle best describes your life. Where would you fall in these loops? Peter encourages in verse 19, He said, keep on doing what is right and trust your lives to the God who created you. He knows, he knows what he's doing for he will never fail you. So what are we gonna do? We're gonna do what's right and trust God with the results. No matter what it is, no matter what it looks like, because it's every aspect of your life This is gonna be the most encouraging message you never wanted to hear. In that same passage that Jesus warned us that you will be hated, you will be persecuted. He did say, if you conform to the ways of this world, the world's gonna love you. You can turn that around and say, if you're loved by the world, you're probably not transformed. However, as a follower of Jesus, we choose not to look like the world. We choose to be a little bit different. Every day, grace by grace, a little bit different. And it's gonna gonna look different because you're gonna have different values and morals. The conversations that you have are gonna be different. You're gonna parent differently. That's, That's convicting for one, but it also, Is hated by the enemy. So you're gonna face persecution. And some people might ask, like, are you worried about increased persecution? Because we're seeing it. Many people that study this, like open doors, say that the persecution right now is at the greatest point in all of Christian history because we have more Christians in the world and we're getting closer to the end. And so we're experiencing more persecution. So are you worried that persecution will increase? That doesn't worry me at all because persecution never hurt the church. Persecution strengthens our faith. So if I'm persecuted, it's only gonna help the church. Maybe we've been like that that frog in the frying pan for too long as a Western church. And he gets turned up little bit by little bit. We're not pushed too hard. We're making small moral concessions. We aren't outright opposed. And that heat gets turned up a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then you don't know it and you're being killed. This is exactly what happened to the German church in the 1930s as the Nazi party was introduced. They kept quiet until it was too late to say anything. So we're gonna do what's right and trust God with the results. I'll let you guys look at this slide one more time. And just kind of think, do you try to avoid opposition? Are you that person who lives boldly? Because God is calling you. He's chosen you to be different. Peter reminds us that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And so this is all done in humility with love, but this is the encouraging part. Peter says, give all your worries and cares to God. Other translations say cast, cast all your cares on God for he cares for you. Peter was a fisherman. This is a fishing term. It's not like this with your cares. God doesn't want you to give your cares to him. God wants you to cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Not only did he create you, but he paid the price for your sin. And not only did he pay the price for your sin, but he invited you to take part in the transformation that he's doing to the world. So the one that knows you has planned your steps. So we're gonna do what's right and trust God with the results. After we have suffered for a little while, our God will restore, support and strengthen us, placing us on a firm foundation. That's the promise of God to his people. That's what we can lean on and trust, his faithfulness, his goodness. After a little while, we strive for a little while to live differently, to be set apart. And then we cast our cares on God because he cares for us. We do what's right and trust God with the results. Let's pray. Father, as your church, we want to live differently. We want to be a church that is threatening to this unholy world. We want to be a church that gains the attention of our enemy, the devil, because of the the way that we live, the boldness that we live out life, the way that we give to those that are in need, the way that we trust you with our lives, our finances, our children, our business the way that we communicate with those around us, the goodness that we share with the world in spite of the way that we're treated. We want to be that church. And so no matter what happens, we are gonna cast our cares on you because we know that you care for us, not just as God, but that you came in human form to suffer before us so that we, though undeserving, are invited to join you in that work and so we just pray father that you make us more and more like you every day that you give us the boldness to do what is right and the courage and the peace to trust the results to you in Jesus name we pray amen you guys stand up let's sing together